Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Have you always wanted to publish a book but aren't sure where to start? At Troubadour Publishing, we help authors bring their book to life through Matador, our self-publishing imprint, offering a range of services including editing, cover design, typesetting, marketing, distribution, ebooks, and audiobooks. With our flexible services, authors can choose the services that best suit their project, working with a friendly team of publishing professionals who carry out all work in-house to the highest quality. Rated the number one UK self-publishing services provider by the independent publishing magazine, Matador can help with all aspects of the publishing process, whether you're looking to publish a printed book, an ebook, an audiobook, or all three. www.troubadour.co.uk Welcome to The Shapes of Stories, a podcast with me, Lawrence Prestige, as your host. Stories come in all shapes and sizes, whether it be from our favourite books, our life experiences, or the day-to-day challenges and issues we face in the world today. So I'm quite excited about this episode. Um, So my guest today is Ricky Knight, and people... Yeah, that perhaps aren't in the wrestling world might not know who Ricky Knight is. So Ricky Knight um is a professional wrestler. Um he you know, he he's trained so many wonderful wrestlers here in the United Kingdom. Um some of them have gone to be very successful. And his life, um, his family's life, have been based in the film Fighting With My Family, um, which was a wonderful film that Stephen Merchant um put together and um we, Ricky talks about that. He talks about when he met Stephen Merchant to come up with sort of the the idea of the film. And um, yeah, obviously Ricky has got a very successful daughter of his own. If you've seen the film called Paige, um, who has done wonderful things in the world of wrestling and now going on to other things as well. Um, so yeah, it was really great talking to Ricky. Talk about the wrestling industry. I'm a wrestling fan myself, so it was great for me to kind of get to speak to, to Ricky and. Um, yeah, just a really nice guy, really friendly, nice to talk to, easy to chat to. We had a conversations about other things as well, how he's been doing during COVID um, and his business side, talk about a bit of football as well. Um, yeah, and it was really great for me to to hear Ricky talk about um, his experiences of wrestling and what he thought of the film as well, that it was based on his family. So without further ado, here's my chat with Ricky Knight. Ricky Knight, how are you doing? I'm good, buddy. How are you? I'm good. How, how's this uh, weird year been for you, <laughs> this last year? Uh, not good. Not good. <laughs> not good. No. Well, we, we keep starting up and shutting down. You know, keep starting up, shutting down, and we shut down again, so we don't know when. So it's very uh, very frustrating at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I can only we imagine. Had, we, had, we had a good December, uh, run a few shows, and got the most in we could get for a show, and then, like, Within a week, we're shut down again, so it's just crazy, really crazy. Yeah, I mean, I guess how has that affected your business in a way, in terms of the stop and start and all the uncertainty and planning shows and things like that? I guess it's just the, sort of the, where do we go from here? 
Well, it's been a nightmare. I think uh, we worked out the other day. I think we lost about three hundred and fifty grand this year's turnover. Wow, it's just yeah. So that, that's the, that's the major thing about it, and uh, yeah, just getting worse. And your rent don't stop, and your uh, the rates don't stop, the bills don't stop. So yeah, that's the turnover. That's about paying all the rent and the bills as well at the same time. So it's been horrendous. Yeah. So obviously you're the owner of World Association of Wrestling. How how, how many years have you been doing that for now? How, how long has you have you how long have you been running for? Uh, well, um, the business uh, WWE's been running since uh, 26 years. So yeah. I just have the wife by Yeah, 26 years uh, we've been going and. Uh, as I said, we're not just a wrestling company per se. We run shows. We uh, we work with disabled kids. We've got kiddies groups. And anyone who's seen Zach's uh, show, uh, Stepping in the Ring, I don't know if you see that. Yeah, yeah. Stepping in the Ring show, Zach. It's just, well, that's the sort of work we do as well. It's not just about putting on shows for us. Mm-hmm. Even though we put on about 260 shows a year with the camps and that. Our main work is uh, training and training uh, students and uh, kids with difficulties, kids groups. Um, uh, kids are a lot of trouble and stuff like that. We've got so many groups that we run, which is uh, more than just a wrestling uh, show for us. So, uh, yeah, a lot of people are suffering right now is because we can't teach them, we can't see them. Uh, so a lot of our kids have got mental health issues, which is finding hard. So uh, it's a real tough time at the moment all around. Yeah, I was going to say, how is it affecting the sort of the kids in your group's mental health? Because this year, I think for everyone, you know, at some point, we've all been sort of struggling with our own mental health because it's been such a yeah. a weird thing that everything cut off to us. And I think what you do is a really amazing thing where you get you know young people in your area that perhaps would be out there causing trouble or do you know who knows what they could be what they could yeah. be doing and they have that escape in the ring and train through you with the wrestling. Um, yeah. I mean, how are they doing? Okay, the kids that you work with, or are they, are they really struggling? Some of them, some of them. Are really struggling as I said not only that I mean my son Roy runs a mental health group every week at our academy mm-hmm. where everybody you know not just wrestling uh, but people come from all over the county to attend and we've had to stop all them so I mean Roy has been in done in, you know, people are bringing him up every night and Roy's gone out a lot of nights to help people and doing work that nobody actually say, sees but you know a lot of nights at two in the morning the boy's gone out you know people are you know, want to jump off cliffs and I mean and stuff like that and always try to talk them down it's been real mental health side I think it's been really tough for all the family because that's one thing we, we really uh, we really champion is the mental health issues because my family suffer with it anyway so like it's something that's dear to us and to see people struggling it's very tough so you know mm-hmm. yeah absolutely I mean so I mean, how long have you been in Norwich for because you're not you're not originally from Norwich are you I was born in Norwich, and then okay. I, my mum got married again. I moved to uh, I moved to London County, right next to the Arsenal training ground. Nice. And I was brought up in near Watford Way, but then I came back to Norwich just as I left school, and basically I've been here ever since. Uh, okay. Well, I haven't seen lost the accent, so yeah, <laughs> I'm glad about that anyway. <laughs> well, I, I know, I know you. Hey, get on there, boy. Are you all right? Yeah, yeah, no, not bad, not bad. I, I mean, I mean, how? Um, I mean, I know you tweet about your, your, your not tweet Facebook about your your football um, sometimes. So who, do you, who do you follow mainly? I think because you tweet about Norwich Arsenal, I've seen a couple of times. The thing is, I'm Norwich. It's my team. Yeah, but also I grew up next to the Arsenal training ground. Mm-hmm. I actually played for a nursery team that belonged to Arsenal when I was about twelve year old. So I got a very very big soft spot for Arsenal. But when Norwich play Arsenal, I want Norwich to win. Okay. I can't be more plain than that. Who my uh, who, who I lie with, 
yeah, yeah. Norwich and my team. Yeah, because you had one of the Norwich players join uh, wrestling, didn't you? Uh, was, yeah, was Grant Holt? Holt. Yeah, yeah, Grant Holt. Yeah, he's. Uh, yeah, he was brilliant, to be fair, Grant. He was, and uh, he helped us with our fight mayor last year at Carroll Road, near the football club. And he put a lot of work in for us. And he's still around, but he's very busy at the moment. He's getting a lot of work with Sky TV on the old pundit circuit. So at the moment, the rest is took a back burner, but he's still with us, still uh, part of us, still come and see us. So mm-hmm. It's all good. That's good. And you're hoping Norwich get promoted back to the Premiership? You hope you hope well, they're looking good at the moment. A bit worried about scoring goals at the moment because, you know, they're very uh, one nils a lot at the moment. But, uh, yeah, hopefully uh, we'll kick in the second half of the season, stay where we are, which is top. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so what are your earliest memories, I suppose, before you started, um, you know, the, the, the business in the World Association of Wrestling? Like, what are your earliest mem- memories of watching wrestling or, like, competing wrestling? Yeah, my first memories of watching it, as I said, I grew up in London County, so we had um, Rickmansworth, Hemel Hempstead, and all them sort of places around us, uh, and my older brother, used to, or Ivan, used to take me to the shows and stuff, and uh, see people like Jackie Pallow and one sort of people, and Mick McManus and stuff like that, so yeah, they were old school guys, and uh, I got the bug for it then, but I never, in my wildest dreams, thought I was ever going to be a wrestler, it was just in my head, you know, so... Um, but as a very young age, I was introduced to it, and I loved it. I loved the uh, thing because I've I done acting when I was young. I always wanted to be an actor, to be honest with you. That's what I set out to be and stuff. And uh, um, my young uh, my young life got in the way of that when I was a bit of a tear away. But acting was always my first love. And uh, to me, wrestling had everything. When I used to go and watch it, the drama, the suspense, the... The uh, music hall where you had the crowd eating at your hands. You know, I think wrestling's the last um, entertainment was like the old music hall. You're too young for the old music hall, aren't you? But <laughs> I, I know what you mean. It's, that, it's yeah. uh, the crowd eating at <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, like you can make them laugh, make them cry, make them clap, make them boo. You have them in the palm of your hand, and uh, that's what uh, wrestling was to me. It was a, it was fantastic. I loved it, but I never thought no, no more about it as I said because I. Football was almost my first love, so I played football and done other things and stuff. And uh, I sort of bumped into wrestling again accidentally, really. Um, don't want me to tell the story or not, but um, yeah, do it. I was um, I was run a Barnson agency. I used to run Barnson agency years ago, and used to run all the nightclubs in Norfolk, and we were a bit like uh, the film Roadhouse. Oh, yeah. I used to do all the naughty clubs where you know there's a lot of trouble. Yeah, a lot of trouble. So we were we went all around the county sorting the clubs out. You know, we say uh, sometimes six, eight months, sort them out, hand them on and leave, go to the next one. But this one night I was in a place called King's Lynn, which is down the road from us, which is like like Beirut on a, uh, a weekend, the trouble and stuff. So we went down there and it was a real tough club and we had gates on the front. It was real tough. And one night all these guys just come to the door and they all had the noses and the ear rolls and the other know, cauliflower ears. And you know, they look the right lot. So I'm making excuses not letting them in. We don't want to travel here. So anyhow, one of them goes, look, mate, we're, the, uh, we're wrestlers. We've just been to the uh, local hall, King's Lake Court Exchange. We've done a show. We're just looking for a quiet pint. So I was head doorman, so I said to my boys, said, look, let me in there, professional fighters. I ain't going to give us no trouble. And within five minutes, one of them, a guy called Jimmy Ocean, he was like lightweight at the time, fighting for lightweight championships and that. He brought me to come up with a pint and started talking to me. Asked me if I was interested in wrestling. I told him, you know, the old days of seeing Jackie Palo and, yeah, loved the sport and that. Didn't think no more of it. 
about two weeks later, I go around with my friends who lived in Norwich for a cup of tea, walk in, who's sitting on the sofa, Jimmy Ocean. He was lodging there. And he was just going to go up the train and the old Norris called. Oh, he said, you're interested in going, mate. And I went, well, I'll give it a go. You know what I mean? I said, because my football career was just about over and stuff. And uh, I was looking for another sport. So I said, yeah, OK, I'll come down and give it a look. We'd done about three hours. He said, look, you're a natural in this game, mate. If you want to do it, you know, do it and that. So uh, the rest is history. Within 18 months, we were sort of topping the bill uh, as a super fly, as a tag team, you know. So it was... Uh, it was quite quick rise to the top. I mean, I ain't got horror stories like the old school guys where they got bullied or they got they had to put up the ring. And just and the other. Obviously, I helped put up the ring, but what I'm saying is I never got any badness or nothing out of anybody. I was quite welcomed in the industry. And as I said, within a year, we are top of the bill because we were sort of a bit ahead of our time, really. We were more Americanized then than anyone else, I think, with our gear, our flamboyancy and the blonde hair and the long wavy hair and yeah, and the way we were and a bit hardcore and stuff. So yeah, we were we we were a big hit pretty quick thanks to Jimmy. Yeah, did you have um, people that you sort of looked up to, like sort of as, um, idols or inspirations from, from when you started your wrestling? People that you tried to not imitate, but sort of like you know, um, you know, you really well, obviously sort of... uh, when I first started, people like Fit Finley was still around, Danny Boy Collins, yes, Skull yeah. Murphy. I mean, uh, Fit Finley was uh, a, a nice guy and. Uh, to be fair, he, uh, two or three matches that have come out of when he give me advice and uh, stuff like that. And uh, I, I said to some of the lads, I said, is he having a pop at me? You know what I mean? He said, no. If he didn't like him, mate, he wouldn't be talking to you. He'd give you advice. He said two or three times on the try to come out and said, look, you should do this. You know, you're doing 20 kicks, when one will do. And, and I suddenly watched, started to watch Dave and uh, he'd get more heat by threatening to do something rather than do it. He'd pick a chair up, never use it. But the crowds began nuts. The ref would work with him, and you know, the, and the the atmosphere was electric. So I learned a lot off of Dave. Um, one of my favourite wrestlers I ever wrestled was Chick Cullen. Me and Chick done a three month um, three month tour when my wife got introduced to the uh, wrestling game. And because uh, there's no uh, internet in them days, you do the same finish every night. And uh, the, the match was uh, it was rounds. It's uh, each round. My wife would do the, uh, you know, the numbers girl. And in between rounds, I'd be giving her the eye, winky, trying to be blanking me. That's the storyline, by the way. So anyway, each round, I'd get hotter and hotter with her and she'd blank me and say, no chance, go, on, go away. And then in round five, I used to put Chick Cullen's uh, head on the middle rope, turn the referee. My wife would hit him with the ring boards and he'd geek through the, through the blood. We used to cause riots every night, and it was fantastic. And become three months like that. And Jit Carlin made me look a million dollars every night, I've got to say. And, uh, yeah, that's got me my favourite run we ever had, you know, apart from winning the tag titles. It was uh, fantastic. Amazing, amazing. And, um, I mean, we saw your lovely wife in the background there. You talk about her. Um, so how, how how did she get interested? Was that through through meeting you that she, she got into the ring as well, or did you meet during... That time. Uh, what it was, I was on the circuit, the holiday camp circuit, doing the camps. And uh, uh, we used to do the regular circuit. And then days, we used to work up to 40 weeks on the camps. It's been quite longer seasons. So anyway, the first week of the first season, which was early April, uh, we went to a holiday camp and uh, walked on there. And I see this beautiful old sort behind the counter. Uh, <laughs> good looking girl. Always, her eyes were attracting me first. She had big eyes. And I looked at her and I thought, you got remember, I was 38 at the time. She was 18, so I never thought it was going to end up like that. But I thought, she's stunning. 
Anyway, I went down, got my food, sat down, and I started eating my meal. Under this lettuce, there was an extra bit of chicken. And I looked up, and she smiled back at me. All, all for the dinner, we, uh, we just kept looking at each other. Well, uh, two weeks later, we actually managed to get a date after a load of problems. Well, I won't go into it because I don't know on my cot, but we had a lot of problems. <laughs> but we finally met. Within six weeks, I'd ask her to marry me, and she said yes. And the rest is history. We've been together now for a year. Oh, well. Was she natural like you in the ring? Well, what happened, she was, we started off, she was, we, I don't know if you know much about it, Holly, so we were all in one van at a time. Yeah. There'd be five of you in a van. Uh, you'd have four wrestlers and a referee. Um, she always come with us, and all she'd done was the cooking, the washing, the sewing, you know, making the grub for the uh, road. Basically, she, she, she was a, a skivvy, you know? Well... Jimmy Ocean left to go to uh, uh, work for uh, the crab trees in, in Leeds. So I took over the team. One night we was at Canvas Sands and we, uh, there must have been 1,200 people in there. And we all got ready. I went and I said to Jules, what you got in your bag, sweetheart? I said, what do you mean? I said, you're going out there tonight. It's my manageress. She's going, you serious? I went, yes. You're going to my manageress. She had little, uh, a little gold lame dress. In, in a, a bag I'll give her a few spots and stuff I slammed her on the concrete in this uh, change room just to get used to a slam and she went out there and she just totally totally smashed it first night smashed it and she'd done it for the next few months so when it comes to the winter circuit I rang up all the promoters and I said listen you know we've got this I've got this girl here forget she's my girlfriend she's she's talented she's got this art of just getting vicious heat and up. I said, I'm that confident. What I'm going to do is give you her once for free. I said, you book her again, you have to pay her. Well, everyone we took her to, they paid her. Uh, we even took her on Welsh TV and uh, the promoter paid her straight away. She'd never seen nothing like her. So, uh, yeah, she hit it pretty big. And then obviously we uh, we taught her wrestling between shows and she was pretty picked up herself and a lot of people had a lot of input. My friend took her down to dojo, showed a lot of shoot fighting. And then she went on the circuit and she never looked back. She was just a natural talent for it. She, she's been natural ever since. Amazing, amazing. As when you are trading people like at, the, at your trading school, do, do you get people that kind of come in but don't last long because they expect it to be easier than, than it is? Because yeah. I, like I tell you, I mean, yeah, I mean, they come in there and they think it's, I mean, I'm like, for example, my, uh, my sister's son was absolutely wrestling mad. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all the Ric Flair, the costumes, the whole lot. And we do weekend training schools, mostly. So you do Saturday and Sunday, so it'll be 10 a.m. in the morning till 5 at night. And then we'll run a show on the Sunday Academy show for our Academy guys. And uh, he comes down for the weekend. I think we had the dinner break at uh, 1 o'clock. He said, I'm going home. I'm going to handle it. You know, if, you know they, they see the glitz, the glamour, and they see everything else, but they don't realise the work the, you know, the guys put in and what it takes on your body and stuff like that is... You know, I really get upset when people say it's fake. It's, you know, when I say I feel it's not fake, I mean, it's very real. Mm-hmm. I can assure you, I started this. I started this business with full uh, rubber teeth in my mouth. I'm down to about three teeth now, and they've all been wrestling. I've, you know, every injury I've took, you put on my mouth for some reason. You know, yeah. and uh, you know, my wife's uh, been broke nearly every bone in her body. She's been blinded for nearly two months, all through wrestling. So when people say it's fake, I really pissing me off a bit if you don't mind me swearing. No, but, uh, yeah, it really gets me, that really gets down your bad because, you know, 
Yes, it might be predetermined, might be certainly other, but what I'm saying is it's dangerous. And uh, I always say to young lads who write to me about getting arrested, say, make sure you've got the proper school, the proper people, the proper insurances, and people with a good reputation because it's dangerous. Don't make a mistake about it. What you see on TV is the end product. You don't see what them guys go through to get to the end product. You know, mm. like my daughter, what she had to go through to get to the top. They don't realise. They think, oh, there's Paige. I want to be like your daughter, Paige. So you know, remember, she started wrestling, you know, well, we say the pizza. She's in a mum's tummy, but she started young, very young, and she's you know I mean, so uh, she worked hard to get to the top and travelled all around the world at 15 year old on her own mm-hmm. before she even got booked. You know, so um, yeah, I always try to say to people, it's not an easy business. Even though it looks, it's like watching a game of snooker. They pop, you know, 15, 20 balls at a time. They make it look easy. That's what our guys do, but it's not easy. It's a tough whole game, and that's why I try to say to people. Yeah, and I, I think he, you know, I can verify that from just even something as simple as running the ropes. Don't, when you run those ropes at first, you know, that, yeah. that hurts. That hurts you. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. they look so easy on the TV when you see people just well, running against the ropes, but that hurts. Well, we, we, funny you say that. We had uh, we done an advert with Jimmy Bullard. You know Jimmy Bullard? Oh, yeah, the footballer, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so we, he came down to Norwich and through Grant Holt, we'd done a, a big uh, advert, and he said the same as you. He went, fuck. Ah, Hell. I didn't know them ropes were that tough, mate. Bloody <laughs> hell. You know what I mean? God, this ring's tough, mate. And I went, yeah. yeah, this is what we had to fight with, Jimmy. And we wanted him to be at Fight Mare. We did agree for him to be there at Fight Mare at Carrow Road. And we tried to sign him on the day. And he went, I can't do this no more, mate. He said, one day's enough for me. We said, you know, fair play. You know, no, it's not for everybody. But what I'm saying is, as you said, you know, he didn't realise the ropes were so tough. You know, the boards are so tough. I think it's a trampoline at times. I mean, mm-hmm. so, yeah, it's nice. From, it's nice from outsiders coming in. I mean, we've got another guy called Earl Ling. He used to be a boxer. I mean, and he's a, he's a he's been a gypsy fighter, a boxer. He's done the whole nine yards. He does acting. And he came in and he'd done a run with us for a few months. And he said, wrestling is harder than boxing, in his opinion. He said it's the hardest thing he's done, which is another big compliment because Earl Ling is a tough, tough guy, you know, and, uh, you know, when he says it, people listen, you know. So, yeah, he's, he, people go out there and think it's easy, think again. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I, I want to talk about a little bit about the film Fighter With My Family. Uh, really amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I really enjoy watching that film. It's a really great film. Were you were you happy with it how, it, how it all came out and how it came across? Were you happy with it? Yeah, to, to be honest, I mean, it's it, it started off um, where you think, are they going to take the mickey? Because, you know, I've done... Me and Jules, you know, my wife, we've done loads over the years. We've done all the chat shows, you know, we've been done the Jeremy Cole. And every time we go, all I want to do is take the mickey out of the stuff, you know. So I was a bit apprehensive. But when um, uh, Stephen Merchant came to my house and we, we sat here and I'm thinking, I've got Stephen Merchant in my house eating Chinese, you know, because he writ it all. And he asked some very serious questions. And I said, look, Steve, how are we going to betray this? He said, it's going to be comedic, obviously, because you're a funny family. You know, so you come across as funny family. And uh, but uh, you know, the, the actual business we take serious. So uh, when we see the uh, film itself, I thought they'd done the, the business good. It was a comedy. There was some um, obviously some Hollywood in there. Mm-hmm. I would say between eighty five percent of it was spot on, not necessarily in the right order, but spot on. And uh, some of the stuff in there, you know, you moan and groan about, but God, it's a Hollywood movie about my family. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm just a down-to-earth councillor's boy. I grew up on a council estate, rough area in Norwich, and uh, there's a movie about us. Who am I to complain? And uh, 
to be honest, it got great ratings, 92% with Rotten Tomatoes. The, the critics loved it. So uh, who am I to say, you know what I mean? And Tim uh, uh, Frost, and was it, Nick, Nick. Nick Frost, what was it, Tim? That was my mate, Tim. Yeah. Nick Frost, I've worked on a great, great job with them. Yeah, I was well happy you, with yeah. it, you know? Yeah, so yeah. yeah. Did you speak to Nick about you know when he because he was playing you and portraying you? Did you get to speak to him about it or did he? Yeah, just... yeah. What he done? He, he said that he didn't want to meet. He didn't want. He didn't want to be a. Um, he didn't want to be a copy of me. He wanted to be a caricature of me. Mm-hmm. But obviously, you know, at the um, at the premieres and that, we spoke, and he's a lovely bloke and stuff. And uh, you know, he he was really a nice fellow and so down to earth, and it was just amazing, you know. As were the girls, you know, played uh, played Paige and uh, Jack Loudon who played Zach, you know, and the lady who played Jules, you know. So they were just fantastic, down to earth people. It's just like that was like Im- Im- images of ourselves, you know. They weren't they weren't stuck up their own backside like some people you meet. They're just lovely people, and it's fantastic experience. Yeah, and seeing the rock in it as well. Obviously, that was another great thing. So filming yeah. the rock in it always yeah. good. Yeah, well, I never got to meet him right because he was doing it all in America. But no, I mean, Zach spoke to him and stuff, and uh, got to speak to him on on, on uh, Facebook and stuff. He had a good old chat. But yeah, but uh, you know, he's good friends with uh, my daughter, so uh, you know, he knows how we felt and how, how grateful we were, and it just it was fantastic. You know, that's great. Well, I think one of my favorite moments in the film, but I love it how you know. Just because I've seen it in marketplaces before, when when, when Paige is handing out the flyers for your shows, and I like, yeah. was that was that something that she was really doing for you guys? Oh you yeah, know? to be honest, uh, Paige is one of the hardest working girls at the shows. You know, she, as I said, she would be she would be the one saying, "Come on, get the flyers, get them out." I mean, when uh, them days, the scene was really tough at the time. You know, it was really tough. You know, to get 50, 60 people in was amazing at the time. You know, so. Yeah. It was really tough, and uh, she would be the first one there, first one to go. She wouldn't put the ring up, she didn't want to bust her fingernails, but she, she would do everything else. You know, put, put the chairs out, uh, get the, uh, the leaflets out, and everything else. And she, that girl, earned everything she's ever got. So, I'm, yeah, I'm so proud of her that way. It's so easy for her to sit there, go, I'm Ricky Knight's daughter, and this, but she never, she's always out there doing exactly what the movie shows. That's amazing. And what was your reaction when you first realised that she was going to get the call from the WWE? What was, you know, that must have been an amazing moment for you. Uh, well, the thing is, it was, um, then this film went a bit off track. I know you remember an old wrestler, Drew McDonald. Oh, heard, yeah, recognise the name, yeah. Yeah, well, Drew was the agent at the time for WWE. And yeah, mm. she took Jack and Soraya down there. It was him, he sent them down there. Well, my wife went and uh, I got a call to say, uh, uh, Julie said, uh, Sarah, but you know, Paige had been signed, and then Drew wrote me later and said, I think Zach's been signed too. So I was double buzzing at the time, but yeah. then apparently within an hour, they, they changed their mind and put Zach in a freeway with um, uh, the big show, which is still out there somewhere, and uh, told Zach to work on his body, but Sarah had been signed. So as the movie said, it was sort of a um, it was a bit sweet because we were so over the moon with Ray getting signed, but Zach. As the movie portrayed, was that lad? He was absolutely fanatical about wrestling. He could tell you every wrestler by you know looking at their boots on TV without even showing above the boots. He was that uh, into it, and yeah, it was it was hard and stuff. And what people forget as well is that Roy had already been for trials two or three years earlier, and 
basically they loved him, but I was saying some they weren't happy about his record and stuff. But uh, yeah, they, yeah. So we we had them all go up there, and uh, to be honest, Ricky Knight Jr. and Zach were just going over trials, and COVID hit. They were over in America having trials. They had to send him home. So there might be a follow-up story. Yeah, they got to oh, go yeah. back with trials again. So. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what happened there. Yeah. yeah, we'll see what happens there. And I, 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 suppose, I, I suppose even since you know Paige's debut, where the where the film ended, like I suppose in a way Paige is always she she sounds seems like she's been through so much since then already again <laughs> that she uh, could probably have another movie herself. You know, whether it be her personal life being attacked or mm, you know relationships yeah, or yeah. Um, you know her neck and her neck injury. I mean, how how was how was she? There must have been a really dark moment for her in recent years. How has she been able to sort of cope from all that stuff going on in such a short space of time? Well, the thing is, as I said, the, that's the same again. Of people out there who she just had more shit again this over Christmas, you know, and right. people don't realise that you know, Sarah was eighteen year old when she left this country. You know, eighteen year old going to a country she didn't know nothing about. Didn't. Didn't know where it went, where she's going to live at the time, or you know nothing. And uh, you know what we straight into a place, and uh, the film hit it up a bit. She was a bit different from everybody else. She was a come a wrestling family at that time. The girls still were like, you know what I mean? Hmm. Uh, Ex football, uh, what do you call it? Major ex, what they are, or, you know. So, oh yeah, the Raya, <laughs> Raya was a bit a bit out of it because she was a bit gothic and a bit thing. But uh, in the end, they found out they could put that to good use, you know. And uh, I think they're glad they did that because she's still one. I'm not saying she's my daughter, but she's one of the most popular divas out there, mm-hmm. or you know, rest, lady wrestlers out there. Uh, social media is you know above six, seven million in total. So you know, she gets every day and they love her. She's got a Twitch thing, which is kind of fantastic, and she's got a lot, a uh, lot of work offers at the moment, which she can't go into. You know what I mean? But uh, they're being offered. It's a big offers. But what I'm saying, people don't see the other side of the coin, you know. You know, if I've seen my daughter, and if that's what fame is, I don't want it. Yeah. You know, I don't want fame. I've seen what's done my daughter. I've seen her, you know, suffer with anorexia. I've seen her, you know, lose her hair, and you know, took her to hospitals when she's been over. So you know, she she's a very very strong character. To come back, what she keeps coming back from day after day, and then they said that you over Christmas she had more problems with. Uh, uh, nutty fans and stuff so uh yeah it's it's a hard life but uh how she copes i don't know but uh yeah she's a strong girl as i said i wouldn't like that sort of life i'm quite happy to be little old ricky knight from norwich running <laughs> waw to be honest with you. yeah you know? it's a weird thing is it? it seems like we really enjoy raising people up like with Paige when mm. she when she took burst on the scene we really everyone, right. everyone was behind her and then when they get to a certain point it's mm. like we enjoy dragging people back down again and it's just it's such a strange way that the fans or whatever it is, you know, think when they have that success, we just feel like we have to pull them back down to earth. It's, you know, it's not nice. Well, I'm afraid that's the world at the moment, you know. Yeah. I mean, I had this the other day, I mean, as a football fan, and much Arsenal, you know, you got this Van Bian plays with Arsenal, who's brilliant last year, he's going for a bad belly, you want to sell him, calling him an idiot, calling him, I think, well, last year he won the cup for you guys, what was that with you people, you know? Yeah. Everyone's talked to have a down spell or be off form or, you know, that's why the world, it's got to be in an instant now, you know. Mm-hmm. There's no, you know, like you get a trainee now, they want to be top of the bill within a week of training, you know. Yeah. And you say it's a long, long ladder up there. You, go, you don't go from taking a bump to being top of the bill on a WAW show. You go for the academies first. You do academy shows. You do this. You do the camps. You do this. 
and it's 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 still it's still an education, you know, and it's it's and it's, you got to experience and stuff. So, uh, but I don't want it no more. I mean, Jimmy Ocean hit on the head one day and he said, you know, when we started, you started on on a rung of a ladder, and your next rung would be, I want to work for the local promoter. Next rung, I want to get out in the camps. I want to work for Brian Dixon. I want to go to Europe, you know. And at each rung, they went up there, but now they want to go from rung one to rung ten before they've done anything. And I think that's just life, and as you say, and. Uh, I mean, Ray has had it. I mean, Charlotte's had it. Any other girl that gets to the top there has had it. You know, I mean, Becky will be getting it next, you know, because mm-hmm. Becky's being exposed, you know, both exposed. And so they'll all get it. It's just how you handle it, you know. But uh, it's really tough when you sit there watching people slagging your daughter and, uh, you know, you, you, you try not to say nothing and they're ripping her to pieces just because she's famous or she's been a top wrestler in WWE. Because they don't know her, you know. That's really upsetting. It's really, really hard to keep your mouth shut at times. Yeah, well, I suppose she has to, you know, check in quite a lot with you when you are sort of, uh, you know, worried about <laughs> her. But she's, I bet she's on the phone to you going, "Dad, don't worry, it's fine." <laughs> yeah, Dad, don't say nothing. Don't say one. nothing. Usually, one, yeah. <laughs> keep, keep shum, you know. So yeah, yeah. So how is she? How is she doing at the minute? I, I suppose you know, obviously with with COVID and. You know, and obviously she's had to sort of accept with the injury that she's got that she might not get back yeah. in the ring. Was is she at peace with that, or was it something that perhaps the WWE have kind of uh, felt sort I of think, encouraged her that she needs to do? I think she's happy, especially when she got the uh, you know the main role on on SmackDown as did she as a commissioner, or whatever. She was loving that role, and uh, she lost that that was sent her down a little bit, but uh, uh, she's still with WWE. They're still uh, pitching stuff for her. But COVID's not helping out. She's got loads of offers, uh, you know, after COVID, which obviously like, nothing can be done yet. But she's got lots of offers. But at the moment, she's uh, she's with Ronnie Radke, her boyfriend, who's doing really well with his music. He's had a couple of gold uh, gold discs online and that, and uh, he's helping him a lot. And uh, they do their their Twitch, which is very successful for him. So, yeah, at the moment, she's, uh, she's doing writing. She's doing all sorts at the moment, just to keep her busy. So... She'll be back, and I'm sure she's going to come back in a big way when uh, when COVID is over. I thought it's all going to come back when it's all over, hopefully. Yeah, amazing. That's, that's good news to hear. And so, do you watch the WWE still often? Do you, are you someone who watches weekly? or No, no. I get this because I've got my Twitch channel as well, and everyone, we, me and my wife go on there just be idiots, basically. But, uh, yeah, I've got a lot of fans on there. I think I'm very disappointed myself. I don't watch wrestling. I mean, I'm a wrestler for a living. That's what I do. Mm-hmm. And uh, I haven't watched WWE since, you know, the big days of Hogan and Legion of Doom and all them sort of people. Because to me, wrestling, as I said to you before, is a theatre. It's mm-hmm. drama. It's it getting the crowd to reach out your hands. But now it's, you know, the crowd, all the lads want to do now is get their shit in, you know. Mm. When they come to my show, they say, what do you want to do? I want to get my shit in. I say, but so what if we walk out for them curtains now and that crowd don't want your shit? What are you going to do, you know? You can walk out and match backstage within two minutes. I know that crowd don't want what I'm going to give them all change. Hmm. But the lads nowadays, they'll go out and do that match for whatever happens. I'm going to do that match. I'm going to do that match for they like it or not. It's for me. I want to get my shit in. So that's where me and a lot of the uh, new guys part ways. Because to me, the crowd is always there to be be, uh, entertained. They pay the ticket money. They're not there for you to get your shit in. They're there for you to entertain them. And that's what we always try and do in WAW if I can. Get my guys to entertain them with great storylines. Something what I pull on the heartstrings. I mean, I know people know nowadays what wrestling is, but you can still suspend belief. Mm-hmm. 
And we've done it quite a few times in the last few years. We've suspended the belief. And that's what we try and do rather than all the uh, – don't get me wrong, my my uh, grandson, RKJ, is going to be the next big thing and he's all moves and all the things. Great. You know? uh, so he, he does all the stuff and he's got big companies interested in. But the thing with RKJ, he can come on my show and wrestle the way we want as well. Mm-hmm. He will he will actually transform into the way our fans see things, you know. And, uh, yeah, he's so – He's just been on with Will Ospreay and all that and hold his own. He's a great kid. Yeah. As I say, he come back to WAD. Well, so what do you want, Grandad? Well, we're trying to get this story over Rick. Do blah, 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 blah. Right, Grandad, no problem. And he'll do it. You know, so that's what I'm saying. That's uh, that's why we, we work. Yeah. So when you have, like, the new kids come through the academy and stuff, and yeah. is there something that, you know... You you notice in a certain person that or they've got something special here. Is, is there something in particular that sparks that you can't teach, or you know, obviously, can you put it all together, or you know, can can anyone make it, or do you think there has to be that spark that you can't? Teach? You need that uh, thing. Like um, we've got some great talent down uh, WAW, but uh, I'm not being funny. Ricky Knight Jr. walked out of that curtain. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's saying. I only say it a few times, my kids. Rick, you know uh, Robbie Brookside, obviously. Mm-hmm. Now, Robbie Brookside, well, yeah. when he walked through a curtain, we could be anywhere in the country. Robbie just walked through that curtain and the crowd loved him. He didn't even have to do nothing. The curtain opened. His music going boom, 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 boom. Mm-hmm. Out come Brookside, all face from up. Uh, Rollerball Rocco had it, you know. Um, uh, Findlay, Belfast, Belfast. As soon as that music went on, uh, and like the, you know, the hooligans and stuff like that, and you know, and we got uh, Kip Sabian, who's now at AEW. Yes, yeah. He's one of our lads. Mm-hmm. I knew from day one he had it. He had this, he got this thing about him. You look at him, and he's got what it takes, you know. Mm-hmm. But he's also willing to learn. He's soaked up like a sponge, you know. And anything he's taught him, I mean, my wife, more than anybody, put a lot in with Kip because he used to love her training styles and that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he's one, you know. So, yeah, he's, uh, yeah, you can notice it. You know when they got the X factor, definitely. Yeah. I've really enjoyed oh, watching yeah, Kip. He can't yeah. Really, yeah, well, as I said, he's, uh, to be honest, he, he's great because I see a lot of uh, my wife's stuff she taught me in there. Yeah. If I, uh, the only time, if some, I know Kip's been on, someone recorded for me and I watch him and I think, mean, that's Jill's taught him, Matt. Yeah, Jill's taught him, Matt. He's still using it, even though he's in the old flip-flop styles. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's great to know that he still believes in us. And uh, Nick Oldis is another one of my boys and I think he's one of the best Champions out there, in my opinion, Nick Oldest, the way he betrays the title, the way he dresses, and mm-hmm. everything. And uh, I, I, Nick, you always knew Nick had the X Factor from day one, as soon as he walked in the gym. Because what Nick done, he, went, he said, I want to become a wrestler. But what Nick done, he went and got the body first and right. then came back to me, where a, lot, where a lot of people want to do it, then get the body. Nick come to me with the full body, the look, everything, the willingness to learn, the willingness to travel the country around other schools and learn. And he always had it. So, yeah, you, you can tell. You know what I mean? And I say, uh, you know, and the only ones I can't stand is the hooligans that have been signed because they're absolutely, mm. I know they're my sons, but I've never seen heat magnets like it. You know, I mean, those are super flies. We used to be heat, heat magnets, but them two can be babyface, do comedy, do, you know, hardcore villains, and I just have the crowd eating out their hands. And uh, why a big company, uh, you know, locked them up. Yeah, I don't know, but maybe that'll happen. You never know. Yeah, yeah never know. I mean, have you have you checked out much of AEW? Because is, is it you know is it? Do you think for the wrestlers in general, it's good that 
WWE, you know, their WWE are all, always going to be probably top of the mountain, but AEW does offer an alternative for wrestlers. Is that a really refreshing mm. thing for wrestlers to have that? Well, I think I think everyone needs a uh, everyone needs a competition. You know, mm-hmm. like the old days when you had the Crab Trees and you had Brian Dixon, they're two companies vying with each other. The shows are always better, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, you, you can get lazy. I think that's what happened uh, when I started my company uh, all them years ago. I just think thought the promoters got lazy. They didn't care. There was no belts when you won titles. Title matches were going first. And you need something to kick you up the arrows and keep saying, look, you know, if you don't step up to the plate, this company will. And uh, I think it's healthy competition, you know, and I think, uh, you know, it shouldn't be them and us. It should be wrestling and uh, enjoy both if you can, you know, because you, you're lucky to have two great companies uh, vying for competition. Like that. You know, it ain't happened since WCW days. And I think, you know, it's a healthy competition, not bad, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. I've got, I want to ask you this question. It might be a bit tough, but who who would you consider the best of all time, the best wrestler of all time? Are you talking wrestler or in ring? That's what I'm saying. This is probably, um, as I say, uh, you know, I, I might be a, my, my absolute hero is Hogan. Hogan. It's my absolute hero mm-hmm. because I... I'm pretty much a Hogan. I'm a crowd working man. Mm-hmm. And the biggest thing I ever see was when he went uh, on against the Rock and actually turned the Rock heel. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> that was amazing. And, uh, you know, wrestling wise, obviously not. I mean, you got Dean Malenko and people like that, brilliant wrestlers and stuff. But the actual, for a big, big figure like that, and, uh, uh, you know, people like Legion of Doom. Uh, as I said, in, in the British style, obviously Johnny Saint is one of the greatest technicians I've ever seen. Stevie Gray, great technicians. Fit Finley, you know, mm-hmm. Regal, all them sort of people. Uh, Danny Boy Collins, uh, Chick Cullen. But yeah, it's uh, for someone who can make me watch the TV and beat buzz off his Hogan, I've got to say. Oh, yeah. I mean, just even <laughs> that, you know, I could just figure that, mate, where the Hogan and the Rock, uh, where they're just staring at each other and the crowd, they haven't even done anything yet and the crowd is uh, just going crazy at them just facing uh, that's off. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, you just get goosebumps thinking about it, the rocking. Well, well, we and Jack nicked that one night at the Epic Studios and we got away of 12 minutes. <laughs> we went out and he said, Dad, he said, what are we going to do? I said, what do you rate? He said, let's go and do the rock and the uh, uh, and Hogan. Um, and they went for it. It was amazing because, you know, I was sat and watched Hogan do it to me and my son to do it and the crowd were reacting. It was brilliant. We got away with 12 minutes of not touching, which was an easy, an easy night for me. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, it's great, yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, I mean, one of my favourite wrestlers was probably Eddie Guerrero as well. I mean, oh, yeah, yeah, a very yeah, sad yeah. story, but just absolutely one of those people, probably a bit underrated in some sense because he just was really good in the ring. But, you oh, know, he was champion, but he wasn't yeah. seen as, like, the big sort of no, company no, guy, was he? No, but he was, he was yeah, I got, no, Eddie Guerrero, fantastic, yeah. Mm. Yeah, so yeah, he's one of my boys' favourites, you know, Daddy Guerrero. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's so many great people out there, you know, and uh, as you say, some of them don't get the, uh, you know, the publicity or the banks they deserve, you know, as I say, because they, they go under the radar because, you know, there's such big names out there. These guys who actually hold the company together sometimes go under the radar a bit. And uh, as I said, it's, it's, it's a tough, but, uh, you know, you get star makers, you get the stars, you know. Yeah, and um, I've always been a star maker, and I've been happy in my role going out there and uh, putting the stars over and being you know, part of the main events and stuff. And uh, 
it's been brilliant. You know, I've never been the big star. I've always worked, you know. I'm still working at 69, so it's 68, sorry. So I'm, doing, I'm doing something right. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's how we are. And I think uh, a lot of my family uh, are the same because I've done it all my life. They do it. And uh, they're quite happy to go out there and be star makers and, and enjoy it, it's, you know. Firstly, someone say, you know, I want to book him. Who am I on with? Who am I going over with? Who am I going over? I say, would you believe that? Are you really yeah. someone up for a wrestling show? And in my day, I go, I want to book you. Right, I'll be there, mate. Lovely, jubbly. My wages are this, and I'll see you. We'll get there, and then we'll worry about who I'm with, and never worried about going over or going down. You know, it's just, I'm out there to entertain the crowd. I don't, I don't give a, you know, fish is left knacker if I'm going over or not. It doesn't mean nothing. Yeah. My biggest thing I want to do is get that pop at the end of my match. Mm-hmm. Work my match. At the end of that match, whether the face is going over, I'm going over. Get that uh, face pop or the villain pop, and that's me. I'm happy. You know, that, that's how it goes. Yeah. Did you Did you enjoy that movie, The Wrestler with Ricky Rourke? Did you enjoy that movie? I loved it. Yeah, yeah I loved movie. that. Yeah. 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 To me, that was more realistic than any other wrestling movie mm-hmm. because a lot of the time we are wrestling in halls like that. We are busting our asses. For about you know sixty dollars a night, we are geeking, we are doing these stupid uh, moves and stuff. You know, I mean, I remember finishes me and Jimmy used to do it to be some theatres and have a twenty foot orchestra pit, but uh, below the stage we were resting on, and the finish would be a double cross country, fucking over the top rope down the twenty foot orchestra pit. Me and Jimmy, that'd be the finish. We couldn't get out the orchestra pit and stuff like that. Ridiculous bumps, but the crowd reaction, we you know. It, it, it was like a drug. You wanted it more every night. But you don't realise what you're doing to your body. But, uh, you know, that was in front of maybe 200 people if you're lucky. And it's like, but that film reminded me of that, you know, the rest of the film reminded me of that. It's just, uh, you know, that's, that is how wrestling really is. You know, for most of us, most of us don't get the glory and all that like the WWE guys. But, you know, we still go out there and we still bust our ass and we still love every, every day of it. So, yeah, that's probably that, that film. Yeah, that's amazing. Mm. I mean, do you think we'll see Paige back in the ring? Never. Never. I think it's done now. Well, the thing is, as I said, she's um, she's got a neck injury, and uh, uh, the specialists are told that uh, even if she took a bad fall in the street, she can be um, uh, paralysed from neck down for the rest of her life. Oh, so really? it's, um, yeah. it's, it's it's really that bad. And uh, everyone go about edge and snap, yeah, I would say, but yeah, she's got thing. a different injury. It's yeah. full of metal. Her neck's full of metal. She's got scars and, you know, and when she rose up and told us, and, you know, obviously it was an emotional, uh, emotional call and stuff. And I uh, uh, just said, look, sweetheart, nothing's nothing. Nothing is worth, you know, that for, you know, hmm. much as you love the wrestling. But as I keep saying, she, you'll, see a, you'll see more of her. She'll be in movies. She's gonna, she'll be a movie star next and stuff. She's got plenty of offers coming in. And... That's just the end of chapter one of her wrestling career. Yeah, yeah. Career's halfway, you know. So, yeah, yeah, it was tough at the time, believe me, because that's all she'd done all her life. Yeah, yeah, I can yeah. imagine. Yeah, well, I'm sure we're going to yeah. see more stars coming from your academy. I'm yeah. sure the best is yet to come um, from Paige and the Knight family. But um, yeah. especially the sample, it sounds like your grandson as well is going to be one to keep an eye on. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, we've got two: it's Ricky, Ricky Knight Junior. and PJ Knight. PJ's another one. PJ Knight, right? Oh yeah, then we got. I've got two great grandsons who are now in the kids' club. Yeah, right. Uh, well, well, we'll keep an eye out for them yeah, as well. Oscar, Oscar and Caden, 
and the other one landed who's just signed with Norwich City at six year old. So they're all doing well. All doing well. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, it's yeah, been great so to see you. Keep, keep keep well over this 2021 um, and hopefully, you know, you'll be able to go back and do what you love and the shows can roll in again soon. Yeah, bless your heart, mate. Stay Cheers, safe. You, you Take care, buddy. Yeah, bye. So there we go, a great chat there with Ricky Knight. It was great to talk a bit of wrestling with him. Um, so thanks, Ricky, for coming on. Best of luck to him and his family going forward post-COVID and uh, looking forward to see what Paige is going to be doing next in her career post-wrestling. Um, so yeah, guys, thanks for tuning in today. Be sure to follow us on Twitter. You can follow us on Twitter at Shapes of Stories, or you can follow me on Twitter under well, at LPrestige7 and on Instagram under Prestige Books, or on our Facebook page as Shapes of Stories, or my personal page, Lawrence Prestige. Uh, thanks, guys, and I'll see you again next time.